Verdadores. A dedicated dad and long-distance parent, I'm raising two boys in two countries, and in each episode, I invite another dad to join me in a podcast adventure to talk about our journey as parents. We will discuss the messiness of modern dadding and the challenges of long-distance parenting. At the end of each episode, I will be checking in with psychologist and fellow dad Todd Kettner as he shares his insights into parenthood. My name is Blue, and I am a Dad Without Borders. Hello, and welcome back to the show. And today, I'm talking to Mike Simon, who is a London, UK-based dad, and we talk about his experience of being a long-distance dad. We also talk about his experiences with mental health issues and how he's overcome those uh, to maintain a healthy body and mind. And at the end of that conversation, I have a check-in with Sean Larson, who has a PhD in counseling psychology, and he's been a therapist for over 17 years. And as a father and as a professional who's done a lot of work with fathers and has a lot of deeper knowledge to share, I think it's a really rich conversation to end this show with. Um, Two great conversations. Uh, So as ever, please enjoy. Well, Mike, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today, man. Really appreciate you making the time. Yeah, amazing, man. Glad to be here, man. Cool. Thanks, buddy. Um, well, hey, let me, let, let's see if I get this right. You're a London, UK-based dad. You've got a background in dance, which is mm-hmm. super cool. Um, you work as a men's coach, and you're currently training to be a somatic coach, which I'm interested to hear about, um, as well as all the other stuff. Um, I really yeah. want to hear about that. Um, your son's moved to Mallorca with his mum. So you've got some similar challenges to me for sure with the whole distant parent piece. Yes. So maybe let's just start with so introduce your family, who's in the house with you in London, and how does that, yeah, where does your son in Mallorca fit in um, yeah. to all of that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, in terms of kind of like your intro, that's 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 one hundred percent correct. Like, um, I've got a background in dance. You know, I worked professionally as a dancer for a few years within the UK, trained in you know in in America and over here and so forth. Um, training to be a somatic body oriented coach. I start that this weekend, which I'm pumped about. And obviously, I can share much more about that as well. And yeah, I'm a men's coach, so you know, I I currently um work with men with regards to supporting them to unlock their full potential and you know move forward in their life with purpose you know more specifically um men that are overworked and kind of lacking a sense of direction or you know they just need that 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 vim that push to move forward that's the kind of men that you know who whether you know we connect and they they reach out to me I work with so yeah that's what I'm doing currently and in terms of where I'm at here in London so I'm with my partner and her son currently we live together and yes my son is in Mallorca he moved in June after an extensive court case (laughs) that you know that went over during the pandemic time so you've got the pandemic and you've got a court case loads of money going out stressful as I'm sure you can imagine 
so um yeah he's moved to to Mallorca so I actually saw him this weekend um for 24 hours pretty much <laughs> maybe <Wow>. 36 <laughs> wow yeah he comes at the weekends um so yeah it's it's challenging man it's challenging it's so that's challenging. that's pretty fresh like you yeah. June just gone just yeah. now yeah so yeah, why you're literally. just a few months into it yeah yeah so he literally moved in June um obviously I was in the court case you know putting in um putting in my you know my stance and so forth we didn't even get to the final court hearing because of the narrative that was displayed in front of me um speaking with my lawyer it didn't make sense to spend another three four grand to go to the final court hearing for the same outcome you know so it was kind of like okay this is how it should be now so I have to make peace with that and just allow the universe to do what it needs to do and however the future is that's how the future will be but right now this is what it is yeah tough man tough 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 I've got I've got so much to share on that but yeah we can get into it <laughs> really that's really really raw that's, yeah. that's so fresh um well yeah thank you for coming on it being mm-hmm. such a such a recent thing um so a question I have then just to set it up so you're in London he's in mm. Mallorca now if he comes at weekends how does that look like how how regularly will he be able to come back at weekends and how old is he yeah so he's eight next week his birthday's on Halloween. okay similar yeah, so, to my boy yeah. yeah so he's eight next week and how it works in terms of the agreement that we have with the courts is that he, for the first 12 months he comes over every eight weeks give or take right um, obviously if I'm unavailable for a particular reason then I can't welcome him here so there may be a shift of a week or earlier a week but within you know and that's obviously the communication with regards to his mum but as it stands it's every eight weeks and he comes here with her um, and I pick him up from the the designated airport and yeah. then he goes back I drop him back and he's usually here well the last two occasions he's been here just for the weekend because obviously so is that like, two, two nights does he get to do yeah two like or? yeah like like well yeah Friday night Saturday night back on Sunday because he's still in school so the the eight weeks are not coinciding continuously with regards to half term and so forth or any of like the holidays so it's just if the eight weeks falls on a weekend where he has where he's obviously got school on the monday then he'll come like the friday evening and then back sunday afternoon so it's a short amount of time i mean friday evening come back it's late dinner time or probably past dinner saturday all day by lunchtime on sunday i'm getting ready to take him back that's airport. crazy so it's a yeah. two what's a two-hour flight probably yeah two-hour flight from them yep. yep so what was i'm just interested not to go too into the nitty-gritty but where was the decision to do every eight weeks at a weekend how did we come to that decision yeah how how did that come about um it was back and forth mainly kind of what i would have liked you know so prior to everything I was seeing him every four every two weeks for the weekend he would come when he was here every two weeks and I was thinking okay well every month that's maybe a bit of a reach is a bit too much I understand and appreciate that so I was like well every eight weeks um and that's just kind of you know between um his mother and I we kind of went back and forth on that um but that's just the first part so the the agreement we've got is two parts so this is for the first 12 months and then after the first 12 months, which will be next year, June, um, I will be going over there to pick him up, bring him back here. He'll stay here for a few days and then I'll drop him back 
to Mallorca and then I'll just come back on the plane by myself. And I know that sounds crazy, but that came about because um, unfortunately his mother was not willing to do the work in traveling with him for the second part of the agreement. And I get that to some extent, but I also don't get it to some extent because I'm kind of like, well, you've decided to move. So now I'm going to be the one to expense and have to travel and do all of these things to see my son. I personally didn't think that's fair, but sometimes that's not how things go. And obviously it's about remembering it's about the welfare of the child, which is something that when you go through family courts, that's what they always have, the welfare checklist and stuff. But sometimes I do feel there's a lot, there's quite a lot of holes in that man. If I'm being quite honest, a lot of yeah. things that don't like, that are not taken into consideration. Um, so yeah, that's the agreement, and all of the travel is funded by her. Right. Yeah. So all the trap, like when you fly back in a year's time, when you're doing the flying back, she's paying mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. 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 She's paying, and that was me pushing back. Honestly, right. that was me saying, well initially the the agree she was trying to suggest that um i fund the flights and then uh, no let me let me go back because <laughs> we went back and forth with this so many times so the the initial suggestion that was made was that um she'll pay the costs for me to go over there and spend time over there with him right and i was like i don't want to do that and I'll tell you why. I used to live in that country when we were together. So there's a lot of history there and I just didn't want to be there. Secondly, I was like, I don't want to be building a long-term relationship with my son in room 101 one time, room 505 another time, room 22 another time. Do you know what I mean? I'll be yeah. jumping from hotel room to hotel room every couple of months. I don't want to be doing that. That's yeah, not the, yeah. the life I want for my son. And I said, thirdly there's nothing there for me i don't need to have a relationship with my son in the country where he is he's got family here that if i continuously go over there when are they ever going to have the opportunity to spend time with him yeah it's a good point yeah, yeah. so i pushed back on all of that and um she was like okay um so then yeah it came to the second iteration of it where it was like well you pay for the you pay for the flights and then I'll reimburse you I said no 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 no, we're not doing that either (laughs) because I might not see that reimbursed money so this is what we're going to do and then I brought it to the court and they said yeah you know Mike is right like this is what it's going to be this is this makes sense so this is what the situation is she every two every eight weeks at the moment for the first 12 months it's funded by her she comes over from june i will go over pick him up bring him back spend time with him take him back but in um, during those periods they'll probably be a little bit longer because we're trying to figure out to get them over the half term periods because obviously i'm doing yeah. so much traveling back and forth so, i mean but, in a way have yeah. you ever have you thought about and i'm sure you have have you thought about like just doing it maybe sometimes in the holidays just having a slightly longer visit as opposed to yeah yeah yeah. thought about that and i thought you know what let's try this version now and then as things go on see um whether it's just the holidays and i feel that no that's it because the holidays actually it does coincide that the holidays holidays do happen every eight to ten weeks they kind of work out in that way anyway but it just so happens at the moment because of the lack of communication or understanding with regards to us as the parents that hasn't been communicated effectively for instance 
it's half term now so he didn't technically need to go back on um yesterday right he could have stayed I think, he, I think he realized that when he realized that my partner's son wasn't going to school because he's on half term and he's like oh i'm on half term too and I, he, he kind of gave a look at the dinner table and i was like yeah but that's because there was no communication pr- prior with his mother unfortunately and yeah. um yeah, it, it just hasn't been communicated effectively. And also, because she's bringing him over, it will therefore cost her more. Obviously, if he's here longer, it means that she has to stay longer, which means that she needs to finance right. her stay somewhere in a hotel. Because, it, you know, so there's all of those logistical, financial, practical things, which I understand. But it then obviously means that my time with my son is even more limited. So it's so technical, man. It's, <laughs> it's tough. It's really tough. But um, yeah, I think you're right. You just gotta, yeah, you gotta ride it out for a while and see what's working, yeah. haven't you? And like, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and that's a, that's a tricky one. Like, so yeah. when it came to the court, did you feel not to go down the black hole of like yeah. the, the legal drama because it's so yeah. you know it's easy to do that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and it's still so fresh for you. But mm. did you did you feel like as a dad, um, like how was your experience in court? Did you feel like as a dad you had your voice heard? Yeah. So my experience with court, because of the COVID situation, I was, I was, it was digital. Everything was all on, on, on Zoom. Oh, wow. Yeah. Everything was on um, Skype for business, similar platform. So it was not fake. It was not in person, which I'm kind of glad for because I never, ever thought that I would see myself a day in court at all for anything, obviously, but let alone this right so i'm kind of glad it was um was on online but nonetheless it was still challenging um as i said earlier we didn't even get to final hearing so we had the um the initial hearing where you just kind of lay things out and then we had the second second hearing where i kind of came back with a few things with regards to her statements that was like this is not the case (laughs) so i have to speak my mind on it Obviously, CAFCAS gets involved, which is the child agency and so forth. I don't feel that my voice was heard as a father because there was a lot of things that I brought up, which obviously I'm not going to share. But there was a lot of things that I brought up that, yeah, when the report came back, I was like, really? Like, this is this is what you heard? Because that's not what I said. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that was heartbreaking, man, because I just felt that... Um, at every at every checkpoint i was not being heard as a father you know i was not being seen you know and that really um triggered a lot of things based on the relationship that was there prior um just my um some of my limiting beliefs as a father that was triggering you know some of those emotions and feelings and then the reality that hold in a minute like my son who's been here for the longest time even though his mum and I are not together yeah I see him less frequently than I did when we were together by default but now he's going to be moving country and I'm going to see him even less that was just getting to me like that was just breaking my heart because I was like I'm trying I'm telling the truth some of the things I'm seeing in response are not the truth you know um, I represented myself for some of it as well uh, just because 
was like well my lawyer was supportive and really helpful but there was just some I didn't need this I'm quite confident in terms of speaking and bringing my point across and I just found that from a financial perspective and just a practical perspective I didn't need to have someone supporting me with the conversation for the final hearing if we got there then I would have but for the stages that I was at the first hearing and the second I just made loads of notes I felt like I was back at university had loads of notes and sticky put, oh, sticky right. notes and yeah you know the bundle putting together the bundle and all of that stuff and I was just like this is crazy screenshots of messages research that I'd done but there was a lot of information I found out that um I couldn't bring to the table because of how I found them out you know legitimately found them out but they were not about the welfare of the child but right. that really solidified the for me anyway the holes in the narrative that was being presented by the mother that I felt that I was like if this if I could present this this would make the judge see differently but obviously I couldn't so I was like well I've done the best I can I've got the bundle when my son's old enough as long as my life is spared and as long as his life is spared if he wants to find out he can I can let him know because I've got everything here you know so yeah I I've, yeah in in bringing back to the, your your question um how it went it was really challenging really stressful um emotionally draining financially draining my partner was obviously my current partner obviously was affected as well because I'm going through it um but it's so supportive during this time um and yeah, I don't feel that my voice was heard as a dad, which is a shame because I hear it a lot from a lot of other fathers that the system, if you want to call it that, isn't is more in favour of the mother than the fa- than the father. And it's like it shouldn't be in favour of anybody. Period. Yeah, um, but it should be just the best interest yeah, of the child, the best right? interest of the child, you know, and taking all things into consideration. But I understand time is money. They haven't got the time. They've got so many things coming in. They just want to know, is the child going to be safe? Can the person, the, the parent that the child's going to be with um, look after the child or other children? And that's another thing. There's other, there was other children in my ex has got other children. So that has to be taken into consideration as well. You know, for instance, if it was if he was the only child, I could have gone down the route of custody. You know, that could have been an option. But from a Kafka's perspective and child welfare, from what I've heard, they don't like to separate siblings. So that was kind of like, well, unless you want to be spending loads and loads of money to try and fight a case for um, a mother that is presenting herself that she's capable which I mean she is capable but you know this is the narrative she's capable she can look after the child she can look after the children um what she's got in the other country is stable or seemingly stable um then it's kind of like the only objection that the court is seeing is that I don't want my child to go and that's not enough yeah yeah you know that's not enough tough man tough yeah (laughs) yeah I mean I yeah, it's interesting because I heard from everybody here that you know it's fifty fifty. You know, kids don't get taken away from parents, but mm. they get taken away from dads. You know, that is the reality, and it's yeah. not a reality that would happen if it was the other way around. It's no. how it it's how it seems. Like if you put yeah. the same story but put the mum and the dad in the different shoes, mm-hmm. you know, these things don't happen. Or certainly, it's very rare. I would say that a kid yeah. gets taken away from a mum um mm. what i've ha- found i've had to do is be really creative in the ways that i maintain contact mm. uh, which in the end has actually in a way really helped us bond 
in a way that I don't think we would if I was seeing him on a regular basis, because right. it's almost like it's a social clinical, uh, hang on, a clinical social worker that I was working with who's an expert in family attachment. She did a show with me a few months ago and she was, she actually said it in the show. She said, it's kind of like you've got a romantic, it's like a romantic relationship almost because you're being pulled mm. apart. You know, there's this love, but you're being pulled apart mm. and separated. And so it's almost like, you know, you know, we text each other love hearts and like, you know, yeah. very openly loving with each other. In yeah, a way. yeah, yeah. And again, in a way that maybe I wasn't raised like that but I'm certainly yeah. leaning into the love so that he mm. knows that I'm here for him. 100%. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of an interesting thing where I've really felt like this closeness and sort of excitement mm -hmm. in a way that I might, maybe I wouldn't get that if we were day to day, if I was day to day parenting, you're just so, yeah. so busy trying to survive and get long days working. Yeah. But now it's yeah. like, so have you, um, putting you on the spot a bit because it's pretty fresh for you but i'm just wondering mm. is there is there any things that you've um that you've done like do you maintain can you maintain contact on a regular basis when he's in mallorca like have you got yeah. any tricks that you've been your things you've been doing i wouldn't say tricks and once i've responded my question would be like what are you doing because i would love to hear what you you know anything that you're doing in terms of oh that. yeah but, i'll share yeah yeah but i haven't got any tricks i mean he's got a phone um He's got WhatsApp, you know, so I communicate to him with that. But he's eight years old, so he doesn't, he, he's not as responsive as, you know, when you're responding to an adult who's online. You know, I, can, I text him, I can see if he's online, he just doesn't respond. I'm like, son, what's going on? You know, but he's probably on his Xbox playing Roblox or Fortnite. That's what they're doing, right? Um, but yeah, definitely um, in terms of like communication with him, it's, a, it's I'm very forthcoming with my affection i have purposely and this, this is quite interesting actually not i refrain from saying things like i miss you because i don't want to perpetuate that the this is just my thought at the moment this first i'm actually saying it out i don't want to perpetuate the reality of what it is like oh i miss you son i miss you you know to kind of like maybe create something for him you know that may be a bit of like anxiety detachment with regards to that but i definitely say like look you know i love you nearer to the time when i know i'm gonna see him can't wait to see you because he normally messages me he'll be like morning dad i'll see you soon like on the monday even though i'm seeing him on the friday like i'll see you soon but in his mind he's counting down um and he loves maths he loves numbers he's really good at that so he's very um numbers you know like it's it's 10 days until I see you or it's five days until my birthday or whatever he really likes to do the countdown sort of thing but yeah I wouldn't say I've got any tips or tricks I do find it challenging though because he speaks to my partner's son regularly on the phone because they're literally like on on the xbox after school for a lot of time and he's on a video call and he's they're, they're both playing xbox so every now and then I may jump in the video and be like you're right son you know because I don't want to take away the time that my partner's son is um, developing the relationship with him as well because you know he's met him we're all close and everything like that the blended family as you would call it um but yeah no no tips or tricks i mean when he left and this broke me to the core so when he left i created um a photo album for him to take a physical one of some pictures a few select pictures and i put it in a photo album and then i inscribed it just with some words 
um and then the day before he was going he was obviously with the family and so forth and yeah I just took him aside and just shared a moment with him where I just broke down in tears because I was just like oh my god this is actually happening read out the passage and he's just looking at me yeah just gave him a big hug gave him the photo album I said look when you come even though I haven't actually done it because the time has been so tight <laughs> to get things together but um I'll just print off pictures so every time he comes I, I endeavor to take as many pictures as I come as, as I can and then um, I'll print those off and send and just give them with him in like a little envelope that he can go and insert them back into the photo album when he reaches in Mallorca so that's a little so it's a bigger book it's a big yeah, yeah it's a big book yeah, yeah he can keep just adding to it you know and then when the, when that's filled I'll buy him another one you know um, yeah. for, a, for a, however long he is in Mallorca you know it should right. be a long-term thing but we don't know. Yeah. Um, no, you don't. I mean, he's, they get, <laughs> yeah. they have a voice eventually, right? Yeah. That's the thing. And I think, I don't know. I think boys are drawn to their dads. I know I was. Mm. Um, and so for me, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how things develop. Um, Cause yeah. he is, he is, I can see it. He's getting more of a voice in what he wants. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can get, so here's a couple of things I did early on. So mm. bearing in mind, well, there was a couple of appeals. So there was a back and forth. So mm -hmm. he, he kind of left twice. The first time he oh, okay. left, I thought that was it. But then I won an appeal and he came back. And then it was a bit of a process. Mm. Um, and so what I did was I bought him a tablet. But then what I realized is with the Android tablets, it's not, um, I didn't find it as user-friendly and I have an Apple device. So I got mm. him, I got him um, like a refurbished. So it wasn't cheap, but it wasn't super expensive. A refurbished iPad for, yeah. for like two, 300 bucks or something. Um mm. And then I set him up with um, his own Apple ID, but it was you can do it as a um, family sharing. So you yeah. have control as the parent over the Apple ID. So he can't yeah. just buy apps and things like that. But what I liked about that was I could, and I set up a Gmail. So he's got himself yeah. a Gmail account. He's got, um, he can do iMessage um, and we can FaceTime as well. Yeah. So that started to... Rather than have to go through his mum every time too, even though I've always said like, you know, she should be looking after the lap, the iPad. I don't know what the mm. situation is. I think he has fairly free access to it because the mm. the judgment is that, you know, he can really call me anytime he wants. Like there's no, yeah. there's no limit there. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah. So I found with um, him having his own FaceTime and with the Apple ID and I can, um, yeah, instant message. That was really good because you can do some kooky things like you can, if you have a newer iPhone and I've only just got this newer one, um, you can turn your head into a robot or you can look like mm. a shark and there's kind yeah. of fun stuff you can do like that, which is really yeah. cool. I do find the same though. He's just now, like I can message him sometimes and he might not respond to me for, yeah, a couple of days, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. but I know he's seeing it. <laughs> I can yeah. see them see it because you can set you can set the messages for red so you can see when yeah. he's read it. But that was a good thing. So the instant message was a huge thing, and the yeah. FaceTime was a big one. So us yeah. being able to like communicate directly to each other's devices. Um, there's also a little function on the FaceTime um, or mm -hmm. iMessage, iMessage, I think, that you can do drawings. So when he's missing mm -hmm. me, he can do a finger drawing of a heart, yeah. or I can do things like that too. Yeah. So those are those are the sort of like regular daily sort of things that we can do. Um, I also set up because he's got a Gmail account. Um, I ended up using Google Photos to create albums, so I can oh. share an online album with him, which okay. is cool. 
because that way he just has his device and he can just flip through the pictures. I don't have to go through the printing and pro- the, all that process. I'll take that one. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. And then the other one I've done too with the photo album yeah. is I go on and use, um, what's it called? Snap photo? Mm. Snapfish. Snapfish yeah. is an online photo album. So if you, and you can upload your photos off your drive or Google photos, they're not that expensive at all. Mm-hmm. And it comes with a ready-made template with, um, and you can choose all the different designs. Maybe it's a family adventure yeah. template or it's whatever. And you can just put the photos in. And then what I do, I don't know if this works in Mallorca because I'm in Canada. I use the snap, the, what's it called again? Um, yeah, Snapfish in the UK. So mm. that I'm buying the book and adding all the photos here, but it mm. then gets downloaded and gets sent in person in the UK. So it's not very expensive. I'm not sending anything internationally, but he gets this book that he can physically hold something that's tangible, just like what you're doing, but it's like, but it's kind of like a proper book. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's been a good one. So like each holiday that we have together, I make sure he's got an album from it, but you're, you're doing a similar thing. Similar thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I look into that. The Google, he's got an iPhone. um, And I've got all of that set up for him, but I didn't think about like, I think he's he must have a Gmail. I must have set up a Gmail account or he made online, a online photo albums are good. Yeah, but I like I'll, I'll think about that as well. Um but yeah, we, we do that. As I said, photos whenever he's over, like yeah. this week this weekend took photos and then him and my partner somewhere in the background there was um a, some music playing on the radio and they were like dancing. I was like, Yeah, I was just filming them. I yeah, I just send everything to him from the weekend. Yeah. So he's got that. And yeah, he does send like um, you know, like little what well, I send actually little gifts or whatever, you know, like yeah. a funny face, like, yeah, see you soon. And he just starts laughing or I send him a funny video or um, he has drawn for Father's Day. He wrote a letter to me, which nice. again, <laughs> broke me down. I was like, ah. <laughs> oh yeah. I can uh, show you one that I got with yeah. him. He, he did a drawing of him crying and sent yeah. me that. And I was it's like, so, yeah, oh. it's, it's so deep. I mean, we could even touch upon that. It's like, for me, bro, like I'll tell you this story. So the day he left, he was his flight was 4 a.m. in the morning. Crazy times. <laughs> no, he, he was up at 4 a.m. I think it was like a red eye flight, like 6 a.m. But it was 4 a.m. from Stansted, which is a distance to get to. He messaged me. Obviously, I'm restless. I can't sleep because I know he's he's gone now. I saw him the day before, dropped him off. <laughs> and um, as you would say, my spirit woke up, man. I woke up at 4 a.m. Checked my phone. On my phone, I saw, what was it? A love, not love. Yeah, I think it was, a, no, a kiss, a kiss emoji and a tear emoji. Finished. I was up from 4 a.m. just crying, bro. Just in bed crying. Because for me, what was difficult was not only, obviously, this has happened. This is real now. But for a, he's seven, he's eight next week. But for a seven-year-old at 4 a.m. in the morning to think let me message my dad as i depart and send him just two emojis there was no writing just two emojis a a kiss and a tear it was so small but so profound and powerful it just finished me as i said it finished me off (laughs) dude i've had a lot of them yeah I've i've had a lot of them uh, and yeah. when he draws it with the, cause he can do the drawing thing on the face on the iMessage yeah. when, he, when he draws a similar thing is, yeah. and, or he sends pictures of, he draws 
me and him holding hands with a heart over it and just things yeah. like that you're just i mean you get used to it and yeah. i think for me it's like constantly finding so i took up skateboarding so that mm. me and him can do that together when i'm in the uk because i do yeah. visit him there it's not yeah him, him always coming here. always coming over but we can set up um I'll set up the FaceTime and I'll get on the skateboard in the basement because we get yeah. a lot of houses here. We have basements. So I can go right, down okay. there and I can, I'm not that great at it, but I can yeah. do, we can take, play a game called skate. So that's something mm. we can do together because it's something he's, he's not quite into the video games so much. Oh, okay. So that's one thing he's not, you know, I have a bit, he yeah. likes to be playful. We'll do yeah. um, dance parties. Okay. And he'll do, him and his little brother will do um, like do dance offs. Like one yeah. of them will do something and the other one will copy. Uh, so yeah. that's kind of fun. Dancing is kind of yeah. fun. Like, um, that's cool. And I found we'll, we'll play a song that he loves. That's another nice one too, is to create a playlist. Um, yeah. Like, so the songs that he hears when he's with you, maybe the music that you're into. Yeah. Yeah, that with him. Um, you, okay. could, you could share, um, I'm not really up on this, but like there's lots of different music apps and stuff. Like if you can share yeah. one, you can share, I think on, um spotify i think you can do that like i think apple you can yeah. do that you can share playlists with people so that's yeah. a really nice one to do because then he's got music that and we like similar music. like he loves a maroon five song and i'm like yeah i can get down with yeah. that. that's kind of fun and yeah um the other thing i've been doing as well if you can find it if he's into reading and listening to i got my kid into storybooks so that when mm -hmm. we're driving long distances he, he and he gets really into it so i started mm -hmm. reading and recording myself um yeah reading a book so i'll like re oh, record okay. an mp3 of one chapter so when yeah. he's missing me he can yeah. in the evening listen to me reading him a story oh that's really cool man and sometimes yeah. i'll do that on facetime with him i'll read him a story yeah yeah, yeah. but the other thing is cool too because he's because he's doing all the schooling and he'll be like my kid they're the same age yeah they'll be reading a bit now and practicing their reading yeah sometimes he'll just say dad can i read to you tonight i'll be like yeah, yeah. sure call back at your bedtime and he'll just yeah. read the story feeling like he's yeah. with us you know feeling yeah yeah and I've, I've i've realized that because when my son when he calls you know obviously he'll be like hi sometimes i know that he's calling because he wants to speak to my partner's son because <laughs> he, he doesn't he just wants to play on the game but he i know he's very quick to be like what are you guys doing what have you done today he wants to know um you know he wants to be involved 100 percent. and it's just kind of like okay like i can see and it's just about managing that you know because the situation is what it is right now son you're in a different country so you're not going to be able to have as much involvement as we would like you know i can't just say I'm going to go pick you up from your mum's, you know, you're down the yeah. road. Like that can't happen anymore. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, that's really cool, man. Like the there's a good book ways. too. Now he's a bit older, but this, this yeah. just jumped into my head. Cause when, um, when my boy went, he was almost five. So he's like four and a half, like almost five, somewhere in there. There's a book called um, the invisible string. Hmm. Now he is a bit older, but he might still appreciate it. It's just a story about how for a kid, no matter where they are, there's this invisible mm. string that connects them with their parent. Oh, okay. So they're never alone. We're always with them. And I, he still got that book. He showed me the other day. I was like, oh, sweet. Yeah. He's still on his bookshelf. But it's just yeah. that understanding of like, you know, we're always with them. Mm. Just because they don't see us physically, spirit, you know, in a spirit sense, we're kind of yeah. we're there. We yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is why you wake up first thing in the morning and see that emoticon because you're connected, right? Yeah, exactly. Literally just woke up, I was just like up, checked my phone. I was like, whoa. 
yeah man it was it was a lot there was a there was a lot that came out that morning oh man <laughs> i was crying well, you're, was you're early in it you're really early in it i was getting mad but um was hey Carl, i want to say though i think it's really cool that he's got that connection with your stepson yeah like they're literally like that's it's great we was at dinner yes uh not yesterday saturday and um i don't know how we got onto the topic but the stepbrothers topic came up it's like you're not my stepbrother and it's like well yeah and then my son was like yeah in two years you can really be my stepbrother and I just looked at my partner I was like <laughs> obviously, you know kind of like in get you know being married I guess that makes it an official stepfather thing and I'm, I've got my son saying yeah in two years and I'm like yeah <laughs> you know, you've got, so well two questions how old's how old's your stepson same age they're literally like the same age oh wow amazing yeah like, then... like well he my my son my biological son is a few months older and um my partner's son is like yeah like a few months apart basically that's cool yeah, yeah and yeah. how so are you guys are you guys engaged is that what's no. going on here oh, oh you're yeah. not they're, they're... <laughs> that, that's, that's what i was like yeah. there's a nudge coming <laughs> there was a nudge so no I pressure looked, i just looked at my partner and just smiled so <laughs> have they known each other for a long time so I've been with my partner coming onto two years now. So they've known. Oh, it's each been other. a while. Yeah. Yeah, they've they've known each other for near enough. Well, obviously not that time. I would say about a year, probably about a year. They've yeah. known each other because obviously we was dating and took it a bit slow. And it's kind of like, yeah, okay, let's introduce and do all of that stuff, which we That's did. That's really so, great. Yeah, they've got they've got a, they've got a great bond. Like as I said, they speak pretty much. I wouldn't be surprised if they're not on the phone now speaking to each other. Dude, that's amazing because that's still yeah. that's it's the family he's still he's connected yeah, yeah, he's still with there. you through exactly. that if you know so like when i go into it so you know to, um to my, my stepson's room when i go into his room i'm just like i can hear my son you know i can hear him there so it's just like just jump in you right son you know so yeah he's he's always on the phone they have that's a great really, relationship like, that's, that's awesome yeah you know we've, we've got everything sorted in the apartment so that you know got bunk beds and all of that stuff and sometimes he leaves any gifts here like it was his birth it's his birthday next week and so we celebrated this weekend when he was here yeah and um you know i give him the option i don't say anything to him but sometimes he's just like i want to leave this here so like, okay you can leave this bit here you can take some stuff with you back to mallorca um you know he's got his clothes and stuff here so every, every time he comes over just a few, i get him a new set of clothes because you know they're always growing yeah. As I said, it's still raw. It's still a process for me. Maybe some occasions where I actually do go over to Mallorca, just me. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And kind of just spend it that time, you know. So that yeah, I, that's that's the potential there. I think that's a good because um, you know what I heard actually. I'll share this with you because um, mm. it's it stayed with me. This is a guy that's older that I I've known. I still know. I haven't seen him for a long mm. time. But what I heard was he has um, he has a dad overseas, and mm. he. Now looking back, his issue is that his dad never made the time to go and see him where he was. And mm. so I've been really, my, and it, it stayed with him. It's like become an mm. issue. So for me now, I'm like, okay, whether I like it or not, he is in the UK and that's where he's mm. going to school and things. And so I, I, I'm conscious of that to make time so that he feels like I'm yeah. making, the, making the effort to go and see his world yeah. in a way, you know? yeah 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 no so i, I think it's a good point that you make yeah that. and i never you know in the in the beginning i was just like no i'm not going but you know there was a little bit i was even thinking you know i have no problem with kind of um going there like a day before i'm really supposed to pick him up you know and kind of have him for the evening 
have him have him for the evening over there maybe go out to dinner or something and then come back yeah. you know so rather than staying because i don't really want to stay the whole time there um because it would be at my expense you know and i was kind of like weighing up the things like is that something i'm able to do more so not more so than i'm willing to do so yeah i think there's there's definitely scope for those things to change and i'm open to that um because ultimately you know what i realized this weekend even more is that it's just really about him regardless of what the other parent is thinking or projecting or doing it's really about him and it's hard to get to, I, for me it's been hard to get to that point because i've known but when you're faced with challenging situations with the other parent that i feel it's easy for that to overshadow everything else and you just want to deal with what that is and you're frustrated at what's gone on and you feel disrespected or you feel hurt or whatever um and you know the child's being affected and it's not that you don't care, but you just want to deal with the adult because that's the only person you can deal with, right? You know? So yeah, it's it's definitely it's a learning curve, man. It's a lot that's almost the greatest work we have to do, really, is to let yeah. that anger in. Because I feel like as well, when you hold on to that, they're kind of controlling you in a way. You're yeah. allowing them to kind of control exactly. your feelings. And in the end of the day, it's like, no, I want to move on. And I yeah. have huge because I got a new partner. I mean, you've repartnered yeah. too, but yeah. it isn't. It's not always easy, man. That's it's not easy. Challenge. It's not easy. Right. And, um, you know, I'm into like spirituality and, you know, um, the awareness and consciousness of things and, you know, continuously learning. And I, this, as I said, this weekend was definitely that realization of, okay, my ego's on a mad one today. And that just needs to be, you know, it, you know, people talk about ego death. It's like, well, no, the ego needs to be there for you to realize these things. Yeah, it's, it's there to, to bring you teachings. It's there to bring you um, a lesson. And, you know, this weekend was definitely a lesson for me. It's like, Mike, you're holding on to some of the things that are not serving you. And you need to let that go because it's di dif um, distracting you away from the main focus, the primary focus, which is my son. Yeah, yeah. How like, do you, so just yeah. to jump into that, like, yeah. how do you, like, how's it impacted your mental health? Like, what, what are the things that you do? Mm to try and rise above and to stay healthy in your body and mind. Like what, yeah. What are your, yeah. what are your tips there? Yeah. So my, my, my daily practices. So just kind of like um, a, a backstory. So I, I had a nervous breakdown when I was in the relationship with my son's mother. I didn't know it was a nervous breakdown. I can, call it that now because I have an understanding about the body the nervous system and how our body does shut down when we suppress certain things and we don't acknowledge the signs that are manifesting somatically in our you know within our body so I have an understanding of that now so I can say yeah I had a nervous breakdown before I was called it a mental breakdown and all of these sort of things but yeah I, I lost it like one one morning I woke up was getting ready for work um we was living in, a, in an, another apartment at that time. All of us were together. I looked at the kids, well, my son, my stepdaughter at the time, so my previous partner's daughter, but that relationship is severed now because of all the stuff that's gone on. And I looked at my then partner and um, she woke up and she was like, you're right. I said, nah. And I just broke down like screaming wailing hyperventilating panic attack i curled up into a ball into a fetal position i just couldn't see anything i, I thought i was going to die like my, my body just shut down because i'd been suppressing so much going on so much pressure in the run-up to moving 
because we moved that we we used to live in Mallorca together when I was with her so in the run-up there was a lot of obviously pressure trying to get money together I was in a job that I didn't like um I was no longer dancing professionally because I got injured I'm now a father of two very quickly you know because my son was born I was a stepfather in that position identified as the man of the house but feeling so far detached from being a str- what I thought a strong man should be all of dude all of these things are just on me on me on me on me but I wasn't acknowledging them I was just going going on um so yeah I had the breakdown and then as the obviously fast forward years later to more present time about 12 months tw- yeah 12 months ago um the whole court proceedings and stuff started happening after the conversation saying she wants to now move to Mallorca like permanently um and I said to myself and I said to my partner this is going to be a lot I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to fight this because obviously I don't want my son to go I'm objecting against it so is the other father um and if I don't do something for myself I'm going to have another nervous breakdown or worse and I was looking at going to therapy for a while, but I was scared, being honest. I was scared to go. I was concerned about what other people may think. I was looking at the financial aspect and thinking, oh, I don't have enough money to pay 60, 75 pound a session. Like, can I come once a month? Like, you know, I was like, I can't afford it. Um, and I put it off for a long time. And then um, I was like, I need to do something. So I, I self-referred um, to Mind Charity, um, for me was really really helpful super timely super needed I gained a lot and it actually was the catalyst for a lot of things that have taken place moving forward positively um, including me starting my somatic coaching training like going to therapy actually facilitated me coming to this coming to the point of like I want to do more um, so yeah therapy I guess is one tool 12 weeks I did that great um, journaling journaling for me is so powerful because I've always loved writing I've always written I've always actually journaled intermittently but I've never um, I've never acknowledged the power of journaling until recently during these difficult times so I journal a lot I invested I have a normal like cheap two pound journal that I just write in um i do like brain dumps to just get everything off of my mind just write down and i organize that into like any tasks or anything i just free write yeah i'm feeling shit today or i'm feeling like this or whatever um reflect on my day ask myself questions so like journaling and meditating bro meditation meditation for me is like it's a must to the point now that my partner she says have you meditated today I was like no she's like I can tell I'm like really she's like yeah so I'm like okay I'll just go into my meditation I've got a room I've did I've oh sweet that's carved out well it's it's not really a room it's a cupboard space though you've got a space space. right Yeah. yeah yeah it's a space that used to be a storage room so one side is like my like walk-in wardrobe sort of bit and the other side it's like a yeah it's like two doors sort of thing and then the other side is like my meditation section where I've got my meditation mat I went to Ikea bought some cushions I've got a little um little bookshelf thing I bought a lantern I've got my candles I've got my sage I've got my oracle cards I've got all of it it's all there you know I've got my big um 
posters and stuff. Yeah, everything's there. Where does I, where does the meditation come from? Like how how did you get into that? Was this how did I get into this space? No, how did you get into meditation? Like, is, does that go way back to like? Is this just no. part of your life, or is this a no, no, no? How do no. you find it? So this came about, as I said, the universe works in ways, man. So I think it was around the June of last year, I think, um, or maybe this year. You know, COVID just meshed everything together, no <laughs> right? No so, doubt. Um, anyway, I during like the beginning stages of when this stuff was kicking off in terms of court, etc. Uh, a friend of mine from like a dance scene just sent me a message. Hi, I'm going to be embarking on a 30-day Deepak Chopra um, mindfulness, um, gratitude, meditation chain thing. Would you like to take part? And I've heard of Deepak Chopra, you know, because I've always, I've always had a, like, I've known about like meditation and certain things, but I've never really fully gone into it um and i think that may there may there may be an essence of my upbringing and church background as well i was kind of like that's that's quite the other spectrum of what i was used to i'm not in the church anymore but um nonetheless that's some of those remnants are still there of course right so i was a bit like oh, i don't know about meditation and you know i'm not too sure about just sitting down and like crossing my legs and just like eh, it's a bit weird for me but i did the 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 challenge um, for 30 days powerful 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 I loved it a lot of stuff came up um, from because it was guided meditation and then there was tasks that you were to do and it was it was all about accountability so you was all in a whatsapp group and you need to say you know completed day one completed day two da -da 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 -da. so I really enjoyed that because I've I've come to realize that I like challenges I like tasks and I like completing something and I like seeing a finished result it's the same with regards to my dance and choreography you know a few years ago after my injury when I got back into dance I started taking a step back so I'd rather create on my dancers on my artists and say fly go on stage and perform and I'll watch because I like seeing the end result I like putting in the work doing the graft and then yeah. seeing the finished product so for me the the meditation challenge was like working towards something i'm accountable in the group i'm also accountable to myself i'm developing and i feel that was the start of this meditation becoming a more daily practice for me and you know a few youtube you know youtube university checking things on there finding out more information hearing people you know how in, how um, social media works you start typing in meditation everything you that comes up just starts coming your way anyway you know even when you're not looking for it and then yeah you know I invested in a meditation cushion it's like I'm gonna you know start taking this a bit more more seriously I'm still very early days though but it definitely is a practice that if I don't do it I feel that I haven't done it and um yeah I've had quite a lot of profound experiences whilst meditating so I know that it's a, necess it's a necessity for me. It's something that I have in my practice and I want to continue to dig deeper and deeper, you know, find out more, in, you know, more information. I know from a Western perspective, meditation is what it is, but I know there's so much more behind it as well. Um, because people ask me, like, how do you meditate? And it's like, well, I have my own practice. I'm not at a stage where I can teach you or advise you. I know what is working for me. And 
it helps and certain things are coming up and you know I write them down in my journal when I reflect on them or I just allow them to sit and then they just integrate you know not disintegrate they integrate (laughs) 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 I said it too quickly um so yeah that's kind of how I came came across very cool everything you just said you know what I was thinking as you're explaining like you like to get into something in completion and everything like that you could almost put that into your parenting you're yeah. gonna have an amazing you're gonna be an amazing dad through this difficulty for the fact that you're gonna be resilient mm. in the way that you apply yourself to all these other things that's just what yeah. i was getting i was yeah, like that's, oh that's, man that's powerful. you're, you're yeah. good to go man you're gonna be fine because <laughs> you know what i mean though no, your heart is full and you're doing the work and you're figuring it out and yeah you're working on that frustration anger that we all have to deal with with mm-hmm. um with these kind of situations yeah right. for sure. but yeah i was like yeah you're good you, you just got to see it in that way he's yeah. my son and this is like it's just like that university meditation of meditation or yeah. whatever you're going to see it through all the way and you're going to yeah. find you know yeah that's just yeah. what no, came that's powerful. to me that's powerful man thank you for sharing that <laughs> you're doing a good job thank you man thank you <laughs> i can i can feel it um i kind of feel like we need to do a part two because there's still other things i want to ask there's, and talk yeah. about with you for sure yeah yeah. But we I kind of feel like we're already running over time. But I really appreciate you taking this time, man, because there yeah. is a lot of similarities and you're earlier on in the in this process of dealing yeah. with a distant child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, thanks for kind of jumping in. No, it's powerful, man. And I'm yeah, I'm up for I'm up for part two, you know, whenever we can do that. It's great because um yeah, I think there's a lot of value in conversations like these, you know, a lot of value. For sure cool man all right man well let's talk again let's keep in touch absolutely thank you so much and now a check-in with sean larson yeah well and, and so like especially when kids are really little right like attachment is so it, it is like right in your space but then i think as they get older it's like holding a child and being available to a child it doesn't necessarily need to be uh, communicated through proximity it, i mean certainly it could be easier communicating it through proximity but if i think being more aware of the goals of what you're trying to achieve especially around an attachment relationship which is to be viewed as available and so that if they need you they can contact you right and they're able to get in touch with you which you know as you identified like needing to be really rigid around those times is so important because you're you're not just somebody who's down the block and they know that and and so it's more like well he does what he says he's going to do so he's available to me like I think there's more emphasis put on those times that you do have and that you have set up and so I I think it is possible Uh, it it's also you know being being aware of the child's need to, I'm just thinking, you know, that, that every eight weeks flying for two days is stuck in my head now. Cause I'm just so curious about it because I'm, how old's the child? Do you know? Yeah. 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 Same age as my boys He's eight years old and he just went in okay. June. Yeah. And that, that would be something that I feel like, um, there be aware that an eight year old's brain is very much in the moment right meaning that you know the way that they like if you ask an eight-year-old like how was your week um what you're probably going to get um 
is a very brief description of some event, but flavored through the moment, right? Because that's that's where eight-year-olds brains are. It's like when, when a kid comes home from school and you're like, how was your day? Uh, and they're like, either it was horrible, or it was amazing. What they're usually more likely describing is how they're feeling right now. Like they could have oh, had a really good day yeah, yeah. and then get in a fight with a friend on the way home. And then you're like, well, how was your day? And they're like, today was the worst because that's just how kids generalize it. And I, I bring that in before I say this next comment, just because you know, I would say being very open and having conversations with that child about what they need and what they view, because it, it can be easy to be like, well, this is my right and this is my relationship. And it is, but it's also both of yours. And part of being available is also um, showing that you're emotionally reflective and showing that you're seeing their experiences and that you're safe, um, but also doing it with that bigger grain of salt thing, where if they've spent their whole week hanging out with their friends there, um, and uh, they're really connected with what's going on with mom when you ask something about like hey would you like to come out here or not like there there are ways you could phrase it where their brain's like well this is what I know right now and it's more comfortable so probably not um, so it, it does get really challenging um, but I think being open and sitting with it with them long enough to kind of get a sense of how they feel and then uh, looking for those points of sadness or anxiety and kind of peeling on those like I think that's kind of a healthier way to go about that discussion of like yeah it's it's really hard for me not to see you but it's also a lot for you to give up your friends and get on a plane like I know that's probably uncomfortable and every kid's going to manage it different I think it's more about reflect reflexivity availability and transparency if I were to give three buzzwords to it yeah interesting yeah I find that um you know one thing I've seen a shift happen at the age of eight and you're your boy's nine, right? So yeah, yeah. So they're not too far apart. I've noticed now there's a shift to the friends. The friends are becoming a bigger part of his life, and I mean that in terms of like, Dad, I want to go to the skate park or I want to go bike with you. Now it's like, can we can we meet up with um, you know his buddy Otis or whatever and go and meet with him? And if we go down to the skate park together, if there's any other kids there, he pretty quickly latches onto them now, and that's a new thing in the last probably year and last year that shifted and yeah. i've been getting a little bit of sadness around that if i'm honest you're like oh man it's kind of happening wow he's off now well it's yeah it's funny you know you mentioned friends because friends change so much too at, at that age also because i think you know they're kind of these three stages of friendships in in childhood when you look at when kids like lose a whole friend group it's usually related to kind of these years um but you know those first like first kind of six or seven years it's like whoever my family's friends with like will be friends with like you'll hang out with the people that your parents put in front of you and you have no issues with that um but then as you kind of get to that next stage where you move out from yourself a little bit um, and you're starting to realize that like you do stuff in the world uh, and the world's a little bigger than just your family uh, boys like between that kind of like seven or eight and up to like 11 or 12 13 maybe a little later sometimes for boys but they they end up being friends with people who do the same stuff with them essentially right and so they peel off of the friends who aren't doing the same thing in the moment and then it's going to shift again when they get into teenage years where you're so desperately trying to identify yourself and this is where you know parents end up really struggling with the strength of their relationship sometimes because there's this really healthy drive right in those teenage years of like I want to matter to society and that that's the point of 
teenage years is starting to learn how to live as an individual autonomous human in society. And so because of that, your brain all of a sudden gets so fixated on evaluation and who I am. And so you move from uh, we're friends because we do the same stuff to we're friends because we are the same person kind of in adolescence, right? They're looking to subgroup their identity a little bit, which is, it, it's so tough because that drive is so strong in teenage years, right? Like if I were to hang out with my friends at the pub here and be like, hey guys, why don't we go around the table and rank ourselves by popularity? Like they'd all be like, this is why you don't get invited to stuff, Sean. Like that's a, the stupidest thing I've heard. But if if I ask like any teenager ever in my office, uh, hey, can you rank your school based on popularity? And if you think back to being a teenager, like every teen in my office could be like, yeah, I could probably write that list. Uh, and even if they didn't want to write that list, they could write that list. And But for most of them, there'd be almost this excitement to it, right? Because that peer evaluation becomes so important. And that's really hard for parents because you're like, but but I love you. Isn't that enough? And it it's not going to be for teenagers. It's it, it's so hard um, then as like when we talk about attachment concerns and relationships in teenagers, because really you're just trying to load them up, load them up, load them up and put a lot of money in the bank. Uh, and you can still connect with the child throughout teenage years and build those relationships, but it is going to be really different because they're so driven for that peer evaluation, right? Like one negative text and they're like, my life is over. And you're like, what are you talking about? Like, we've got a super safe, happy life here. I don't understand. And it's just devastating, right? Well, so that you're saying that happens around 13, 14, that shift. Yeah, I think a little earlier for girls, because boys are still kind of nose picking sometimes and whatever, like socially unaware oh, yeah. to like 13 or 14. Uh, and sometimes they do it around that idea of being liked by girls, right? Like how many boys mature because they're like, oh, I like this person and I don't want to be seen as a doofus anymore by them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Whereas yeah. girls have a far more intricate social system established far before boys have ever even thought about it. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's, inter- it's so interesting the differences between, gen- between, well, if you want to identify gender in a gender way. But, um, huh, interesting. So, yeah, so seven, eight, that makes sense because that's sort of the shift that I've been seeing for sure is that friend thing. It- and also the activity piece is important as well to a point, but it's almost like he can even know someone for a very brief amount of time and a few months go by, but then he considers that person his friend. Like it's a, it's kind of the, yeah. the friend things really coming up a lot. But it, it also speaks a little bit to that. Like when you're trying to maintain a relationship, then uh, it can be hard because their brains are pretty fixated on doing stuff, right? Like those are great years to do stuff, which, you know, you have to be pretty creative if you're connecting online to keep their attention and do stuff, be active. And uh, it takes a pretty strong relationship to withstand those years and that in some ways that might get a little easier uh like the distance thing in adolescence because they can hold a bit more time in their head they can stay engaged and they can think about relationships a bit differently versus you know a nine-year-old's like are we done yet can i go ride my scooter like i'd rather be outside riding my scooter right now or doing whatever it is they're doing or or i was building something on lego or playing Fortnite or whatever they're doing right for sure yeah totally and yeah, I've had to be quite creative with, and I was saying that to Mike um, about, you know, I took up skateboarding so we can do play the game of skate together on FaceTime. Um, we can play, 
I had actually took up fingerboard. I can't. I'm terrible at it. But fingerboarding, because I can, I can set it up here. Because he has his toys here, so I set it up here. He has his stuff, and he'll be doing tricks, and I'll be trying things. Although randomly, I will say that on Instagram, I found there's a 68 year old Spanish granddad who is an amazing fingerboarder. So I figure my time. You know, I still got time. Um, but that's where. And well, and despite what you think about video games, like video games because you can connect and you can be in each other's ear and talking right. while you're doing something parallel like that may also be a place to like just have a minecraft world or even if they're getting into other games like just play with them on an online network and then you're talking you're connecting you're there right i've been thinking about that because it's not my scene at all but i thought it and the interesting thing was too is mike was saying that almost any given day when the boys aren't at school, because his stepson is about the same age, is he's like, I can walk in the room and I can almost bet you that my son is playing the game with his stepson, the two boys playing. Like that's almost a daily occurrence. I was, I didn't think of this in the moment, but I was like, Mike, you need to get in there. Just go and play with them. Like get a headset and like, I mean, it's not my thing. But why not, right? There, like, and there's research on it. There's like, a, you know, there's a lot of negative press out there to video games. There's a lot of worry, like there's a lot of realistic worries, right? And especially in when we talk about hyper arousal in kids and, and how no matter what a video game is going to be arousing for a system and so around sleep and whatever and aggression, like there's all sorts of reasons to uh, be thoughtful about how video games are used. But there's also research showing that uh, playing video games with a child is a way to connect. And part of it is due to that arousal, right? Like their system's excited and it's engaged. And if you are then part of that with them, uh, it can be a way for them to feel, again, go back to that brain system, right? Where we're connecting in those moments of excitement, especially as boys and men. Uh, Like think about what you wanna do with your male friends to connect, right? We're like, we're not typically sitting around with like a book club and wine or whatever, like, you know, I want to go skiing or biking or do something exciting parallel with them. And that's when we, you know, those are those moments where, where friends are like, man, Sean, I've been having such a hard time with my kid right now. Like those are where you feel safe enough to have those conversations or that's what I've experienced anyways, is somebody that, yeah, you know, at times, unfortunately, my friends know I do this work because be in the middle of a nice day and they'll be like, so you've done some marriage work, hey, Sean. It's like, oh God, here we go. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah that's actually a good point though yeah i think i'm going to explore it i'm going to hold it off as long as i can with the video game stuff for now but um i think i think it's gonna i could see it coming the nice thing with me different to mike um the distance is a a, it's much greater it's like seven thousand kilometers or something like that so when he's coming here i'm going there it's for at least two weeks you know so we actually we can do stuff together and then that kind of we could, yeah. So we have that experience and then we can hold on to that experience knowing the next time. And then we can talk about being excited to do that again. Whereas, yeah. yeah so that's, that's kind of a blessing in a way is that we yeah, really, it's, yeah. It's also that reflexivity piece too, right. Of, of how, um, you know, as kids are growing into themselves, stuff that's really meaningful for them, it's like a Jedi mind trick. If if you show them that you're willing to also make it meaningful for you too. So if it's, even if it's like not your thing but if it becomes your kid's thing then it's important to get down at that level right you know I joked before about liking hip-hop when I was young um I still love hip-hop by the way I still love totally well it never once did my were my parents like um 
tell me about why you like this music that you're listening to, right? And because of that, like, I always felt a little embarrassed about the music that I was listening to at this deeper level. But I do remember a couple conversations uh, with adults that were close to my life, especially when I was like getting into like scratch DJing and that at, at like 15 or 16, uh, where they seem genuinely interested. And there aren't a lot of interactions with adults I remember now that I'm way older than that. Um, but I can remember those interactions and the people who had them with me because it was so meaningfully for me. And so I think when you're willing to get down and say, this is important to you. And so uh, you're okay. Like, and that's what you're saying to kids is like, there's a reason you like this thing. You're not stupid for like in call of duty or Fortnite or whatever it is. Um, and, I, and I think when we do sit with kids on it uh, also from a parenting side, we end up having a little more money in the bank to say like, yeah, I, get it it's really fun there's a lot of exciting stuff going on but have you noticed that if you've played for a little bit long like it becomes really hard to shut your brain off like maybe we can work on that like you're going to get a lot farther with that if they're like oh yeah this is somebody who speaks that language too or understands at least a little bit of that language versus if you're just he hates my music or he hates video games he doesn't get it man like that kind of a thing doesn't yeah and the screen time just even if you just put it down to screen time you've had too much screen time you know, people want to shut that down, which makes sense. But yeah, I really yeah, like totally. that. That's a really, it's good for me too, to think about that because I'm very physical, but yeah, if he's getting into the games, although strangely, I think he got into Fortnite for a bit and then he's just, yeah, just maybe it's not his thing. Maybe that's, that'll be a good yeah. thing for me. Yeah. I've had to get into them. It was, um, I had to get into some video games a few years ago. Uh, the first, I have a broken ankle now, so I'm back in a cast on the exact same leg that two years ago. I remember two years ago, Halloween, giving out candy with a cast on too. So it's like deja vu for me now being back in a cast. Uh, but at that time when I had my foot operated on, uh, again, from not growing up in Kootenai lifestyle stuff at the BMX, uh, at the skate park, came off the BMX and broke my foot that time. This time was mountain biking. But I remember at that time, because I was getting surgery and it was a pretty big injury to my foot. Um, doctors were like, yeah, you're going to be off your foot for like quite a while. I can't remember exactly how long it was like six weeks. I couldn't put any weight on the thing. And so I remember talking to like one of my clients and being like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like what video games do you think would be good for a middle-aged man? Cause I didn't like know anything about it. <laughs> and so I got into like a few video games at the time. Uh, and I've just kind of, slowly played a few now like I'd still if I have a couple hours uh I'm more like a 10 or 15 minute video gamer where I'm like oh yeah I'll go do that for a little bit uh, yeah. but if I have time I'm still getting out on a bike or whatever but here I am again with a broken foot Damn, <laughs> broken man. Ankle this time that sucks there's a lesson in there somewhere um yeah be better at stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> cool well hey that was some really good feedback actually I, I really appreciate that i think mike would appreciate it too um you know for those of those of us that are dads from a long distance um you can make it work but you like like you say you just gotta you gotta yeah be a little bit more committed and a bit more creative than you might otherwise be but well, yeah that reflexivity right i think because you'll be in a vacuum with your relationship a lot right like because the child's not constantly there like the relationship is what you think it is for most of that time. And so I think maybe it takes a little bit more of that forcing yourself to kind of remember that a relationship is, is two people that are trying to imagine the other's experience as well and doing a lot of that imagining. And unfortunately in my work, I see a lot of situations where 
especially if it's like messy or if there's concerns where people get very hung up on their rights and their relationship and don't think about our relationship so much right right for developing kids yeah 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 work in progress for sure but um yeah yeah thanks man thanks for your feedback on that great thanks thanks for listening and if you enjoyed the show please do share and subscribe and leave a rating or an even better a review wherever you listen to your podcast Please find us on Facebook and Instagram at Dab Without Borders and a full list of episodes can be found at dabwithoutborders.com. Thanks for supporting the show and we'll see you next time.